Man, Sammy, it is a cold and rainy night out there. It is. It's kind of tough. You know, you've been having uh, a pretty tough week, quite similar to that of SNL's uh, Pete Davidson, man. <laughs> that was funny. Yeah. I saw that. <laughs> oh my God, you're actually keeping up to something, Yeah, huh? I saw that. Well, and to that I say, thank you. Next, let's start the show. <laughs> Hello and welcome to the Drunker United Football Show, a completely biased recap of the English Premier League as told by two common American schmucks. I am your host, Sam Houston, and across the way from me is the hip Samuel Graham. Sammy, how you doing? I uh, still have my same dark hair, so I'm doing very well, thank you. I didn't dye it. <laughs> you didn't dye it like bright, silvery white? Yeah, no. Uh, Pete Davidson is uh, Sergio Aguero's spirit animal, apparently. <laughs> yeah, obviously. <laughs> After what happened at the weekend. Yeah. I was starting to think, hanging out with Riyad Mahrez, he now wants to uh, advertise himself for a move away from City. Heard. <laughs> <laughs> well, we are uh, recording at Studio H, just outside our nation's capital. You can check us out on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and Google Play if you're a weird Android user. Subscribe, rate, and uh, write us a quick review. We're starting to get more and more listeners, Sammy, and uh, we want to hear from all of you new listeners, along with our regulars. Sammy, tell the good people how they can get in touch with the show. Uh, yeah, so you can get in touch with us on social media, at DU Football Show. Um, that's Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. And then Show at gmail.com for emails. Very good. Sam and myself both work in the wine and spirit industry, and we both have a deep, passionate love for distilled spirit. So as the red-blooded Americans we are, we vow to have a drink in our hand throughout this and every single show. Sammy, what are we drinking tonight? Uh, so we have Heaven's Door Tennessee Bourbon. Uh, it's a six-year-old bourbon, 96 points at the Ultimate Spirits uh, from the Ultimate Spirits Challenge, and a gold medal at the San Francisco World Spirits Competition. Uh, comes in at 90 proof. It'll run you about 49.99 on the shelf. Um, and this is the entry-level version of. The double barrel that we were drinking a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, we uh, drank that the uh, night we did our Facebook Live, right? Yes. Excellent. That was a great little whiskey, man. Yeah, not bad. So Des- this is Despite this how hungover I was, it was still yeah. a very good whiskey. Um, so like I said, this is the entry-level version. Um, they're actually line-priced on the shelf, uh, so if you'd have a choice, I would go for the double barrel. Um, just a little bit more body to it. Uh, but this is a, a damn fine whiskey as well. Yeah, it is. It is. So same price on the shelf. Yeah, I'd, I'd probably go for the uh, the double barrel too. Um, but also uh, people tend to be a little bit more into something that says bourbon or rye on it. That's for darn sure. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, hey, Sammy, let's have ourselves a great show. Yes, sir. There we go. I knew we could do it. Teamwork makes the dream work killer. That's right. I thought you were going to burn yourself on that candle. <clears throat> yeah, exactly. We have mood lighting tonight, people. You know, <laughs> It's a little it, chilly outside. A, you a just nice, want to snuggle up to your partner. A nice cranberry chutney Ooh. candle for, uh, for the holidays. <laughs> there we go. So uh, let's go ahead and get into the games. Sam, how about that desperate last-second scramble from Soul Bamba and oh, Cardiff City to get the winner? So Cardiff excited. City so to Brighton. Of course we're not going to talk about that damn game. There was a Manchester derby that happened this weekend. That's right. Man City 3, Man United 1. Sammy, what were your thoughts on the game? One team played in a Manchester derby this weekend. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) They had an easier time getting to City Stadium than they do their own as well on the bus. Exactly. It's pitiful. All the way around pitiful from Jose Mourinho's men. Uh, 35% uh, percent possession, one shot on target for United, and that was the penalty they scored. Really? 
It was absolutely ridiculous. Uh, terribly poor. Um, what I do want to mention, though, from City is the composure from Bernardo Silva and, uh, and uh, David Silva. Uh, one to cross, the other to control. Uh, Bernardo Silva uh, kind of rifled the ball across the face of goal from the corner of the six. Mm-hmm. As he was approaching, he had a very bad angle on target. Um, as he was approaching the end line, David Silva had the wherewithal to control with his left foot, which took not only the goalkeeper, but his defender out of the game as they were both attempting to make last-ditch tackles, thinking he was going to shoot first time, mm-hmm. cut it right back in the middle, and essentially had a tap-in. It was absolutely brilliant from him. Um, United, uh, weird to say, but they actually struggled without Paul Pogba. Yeah. we A lot of times, you know, a lot of the goals they give up are because he gets caught in possession. But... They struggled without him uh, this time. They just didn't have anyone to boss the midfield. There was no creativity at all, even with Jesse Lingard uh, in the lineup today. Uh, it was very strange. Yeah, a couple of couple of thoughts to that. Um, first one would be uh, noticeable that City scored both of their goals within the first 10 minutes of the start of the game and the first 10 minutes of the half. Yep. That really set the tone. They scored those Absolutely. quick goals, and there was no doubt about it they were in control of the game even when united got the penalty and scored the penalty for about three four minutes you felt like okay well maybe, maybe we jose's team can do this and and then they took what uh 447 context consecutive passes in a row before yeah. they scored that last goal <laughs> i think it was 44 but yeah <laughs> it seemed like 447 oh my, I, I think I, they had two minutes of solid possession before they went and touched that ball in the back pe- of the net pe- pep was on the sidelines uh just you know touching his nipples thinking of the barcelona yeah, days just going, absolutely oh. yeah it's back <laughs> tiki taka is back <laughs> no doubt about it um the other thing about that goal is you see how fast the ball came into gunduin Mm-hmm. And he needed a perfect touch. And yeah, David De Gea hasn't been on form recently, but he's still one of the best goalkeepers around. Yeah. And that touch had to be inch perfect. And his control, it is literally the closest you'll come to catching a ball with your foot. I mean, the, the control was within an inch of his foot, and he was able to, to tap in uh, without, you know, a, 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 an issue. And that's a guy who came off the bench who – needed to be fret he needed to be right on point at that moment. He had only been on the pitch at that point for about five minutes. At yeah. That, at, and and the fact that he was able to pull that off and also let's face it, frankly, a guy who doesn't play a lot too. Right. So to be able to do what he did on that goal was even more impressive on how that happened. Yeah, I mean the other thing you say about substitutes is you're normally tossing a sub on when you're chasing a game or you need, you know, something to happen. He came on, I think, in the middle. The referee didn't realize the ball was still in play. I think he came in about 16 passes into that 44-pass move and was able to get seven or eight touches on his way to goal. <laughs> so w- the the other question I guess I, that I, one missed the mark, didn't yeah, it? No, it He was didn't even fun- give a chuckle. That was it terrible. It was funny. It was funny. <laughs> I was just in my other – I was reading notes, and but I heard what you Obviously, said. Obviously, the player did not come on while play was going on, but that's what it felt like. <clears throat> okay. <laughs> So uh, I was going to say the the second point that I wanted to get to was exactly what the hell is Jose thinking about the lineup that he put out there, particularly in the midfield with zero creativity. He always talks about how Herrera is his like kind of go-to guy for big matches. And all I ever see out of Herrera when he plays in these big time matches is they lose. Yeah. Like it just... You know, and then well, and then he has fair, the one t- of those who was playing center back, <clears throat> and then he has the audacity to sit there and bitch and moan about 
to bitch and moan about Fellaini, um, jackass, you started Fellaini. That was your decision. Why are you then bitching about why he was out there? You, you, you made that decision. Yeah, exactly. I, I know. On top of that, you have 50 million pound Fred sitting on the bench. yeah, you spent, start him. You spent all this money on yeah. him, and then he would have offered he can't some great deal. Right? He bought Lindelof. He bought Bai. He bought, and maybe he didn't buy Bai. He might have been there the year before. Mm-hmm. Um, but he bought Lindelof. I mean, he's slagging off all these players that he purchased. <laughs> yes. So I don't and, get it. Y- y- right, and and it's it's you know it's it's weird because you're sometimes you wonder if it's a mind game with him or if it's just that he just doesn't want to take responsibility. For an uninspired performance by his squad, yeah, that that I, performance was very representative of Jose Mourinho football. Yeah, if they were winning games or picking up points more often than not, um, I would say it was a mind game, right? But they're in a world of hurt. This oh. is the worst start to a season a United team has had since nineteen seventy something. Yeah, but since Newcastle, I, I they've been picking up points. You know, they, they yeah. lost the one Champions League game to Juventus, but they turned around and went to their place. It didn't deserve and, to win either. And, and got it. And then this. and But other than that, they're getting points in every match. So it makes me wonder, um, is this the, you know, the ship is still afloat, so we're just going to kind of let it see what happens yeah, mentality? It, 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 it's like, so the win at Juventus, they lost at home against Juventus, right? And then they beat Juventus, which is like the first time in the Champions League that a, a club, a foreign club, has won in Turin yeah. for a decade or something ridiculous. It was some insane stat. Um, I don't remember it off the top of my head, so I apologize. Uh, but it's like, so you had this first half against Newcastle, right? Yeah. And you plugged that hole. And then Juventus comes to town. And then another hole bursts in the side of the boat. And then... You pick up points at the weekend. You, you plug that Everton. hole, right? Yeah. You plug that hole. Then you go to Juventus, and it seems like the the plaster you put on the side of the boat is starting to hold. And then this happens, and now both holes are opened up again. Right? It's like they're barely staying afloat, and I think he's barely staying in a job. If you want my honest opinion. Okay, so um, I'm going to ask you the same question that I've asked you for the two hundredth time. Can anybody stop City? Because last week it was well, a derby rules are out the window. Well, you think that back in March, right? I think it was United went to City, and that was where they won three to two. I think I quoted it as a draw last right. week, and uh, it's I, the one where they stopped them from winning, yeah, winning the, the league. Title I got that wrong. They they actually won three to two. It wasn't yeah. a draw. Yeah. Um. So it it was on the cards, and then Jose Mourinho picked his team, and then it was no longer on the cards. <laughs> I I got to tell you, I'm I'm still of the firm belief, as I've been saying th- this whole season so far. I don't think there's a bump in the road for these guys. Honestly, let's see how they get through December because December is insanity where you got to play two games a week. Well, we're already all... starting when we come back from international break. Right. Everybody plays twice in the first week of December. Yeah. So if they get through December unscathed, I know you as a Gunner fan, you're going to hate me saying these words, but do we possibly have an Invincibles on our hand? No. You think you think somewhere someone in the league's going to beat them? Yes. I, I they've already they've already played at Liverpool, yeah, so they, they host drew, Liverpool. They drew at Wolves to yeah. to counter that point. <clears throat> yeah, they drew at Wolves, so there's there is chinks in the armor. 
is not very many, and you I, have to be quite precise when you find it. I, it's I I could see them getting draws. I can't see them getting losses. We'll see. I could. I mean. I we'll see. Pep talks it down all the time. Pep plays that down all the time. There's no way there's going to be another Invincibles, blah, blah, blah. Which is brilliant on his part to do. Correct. But, I mean, it's... He needs to say that. He can't come out and say, yeah, we're going to do this, and then the expectation's going to be there. And then the pressure builds on the players. It, but I, it's po- is it possible? Absolutely it's possible. They're a machine. It, but is it likely? No. It's it's ours was the first one since Nottingham Forest did it right. back in the '60s or whatever it was. And Juventus did it as well, didn't they? In, uh, in, in England, in, I'm sorry. Right, right. Yeah. Well, I'm just saying. But I'm Juventus did do it in, in recent memory. It. Juventus did it. Um, but I also think they had more ties than wins that season that they did it too. Yeah, I think that's right. <laughs> yeah, they went I through the league and had more ties than wins. I'm trying to think of like crap leagues with super strong clubs. I don't think Kiev has done it. Right. Dynamo Kiev in Ukraine. I don't think Shakhtar Donetsk did it, mm-hmm. and I also don't think Celtic did it. Right. Those would be the only other three possibilities in my mind. Right. Because um, even PSG lost uh, a game or two each season the last two or three years uh, since Neymar's move uh, and that, that kind of stuff. Barcelona's never done it, I don't think. And I don't think Real Madrid did it either. I think they yeah. beat each other. Well, they always beat it, each yeah. other. So I don't think that – I think we're the only one – us and Juventus in recent memory, and then yeah. Nottingham Forest back in the – I want to say it was in the 60s. Okay. But, yeah. Uh, needless to say, for for City, another question asked, another question answered. Yep. Sammy, no malort for us this week. Yeah, but I still ain't happy. <laughs> but as we speak – our respective clubs, perhaps it should be the tale of two draws. Yeah, for <laughs> no. sure. That's uh, the truth. So Arsenal won, Wolverhampton won. Sammy, your thoughts? I'm not going to force our producer to bleep anything out, so I'll just say that it was effing pitiful stuff. Okay. Uh, even though I spelled the word out on my notes. Um, after all the strides we've made over the last couple of months, uh, we gave a lot of that back on Sunday. We only managed three shots on target. Two of those shots were from defensive midfielders, and one was an accident. It happened to be the one that went in. Yeah. <laughs> absolutely ridiculous stuff. We started slower than we've ever started uh, this season. We continued to play slowly. Um, and like I said, the Mkhitaryan goal was lucky. We were also further uh, lucky to not concede two or three more. If it wasn't for Bert Leno, we would have been chugging Malort this week, uh, my boys. Uh, um, okay. Well, they, they, That being said, mm-hmm. we are still – unbeaten following our, uh, I think it was 2-0 loss to Chelsea Mm -hmm. uh, in week two um, in all competitions. So that is a positive, but these uh, two out of the last three weeks, a Liverpool draw, probably a fair result. But this in the Palace, ridiculously disappointing, and no wonder we're now three points off the top four. Well, uh, the... uh, I think we're three points off the top four. You can look at it this way. The, the, The draw against Wolves... You guys figured out how to make sure you got a result out of a crappy performance and a crappy day. You know, you got a point at least. So, which is better than the Wenger years. Well, that's true. We lost that game. You lose that game one nothing. We lost that game. Um, You will appreciate this. Uh, My jackass self was uh, tweeting during the match, and I said, somebody just escaped their shot of Malort. Hashtag. Arse wall, right? The uh, the Arsenal-Wolverhampton <laughs> yeah. hashtag. Got it. Liked by one person. Okay. Carl Jepson's Malort. <laughs> hey! 
<laughs> I thought that was quite funny. I was like, hey, check it out. Malort likes the fact that you don't have to drink Malort. <laughs> we told you that that stuff tasted piss poor. <laughs> and that just proves it. They're happy that we don't have to partake. Um, it, bump in the road. You'll you'll get over it. You you guys, you think maybe that was a nice little smack in the face to remind you guys. Hey, I hope you so. Pay attention. I hope so. And I think that this... Um, now, obviously, it's going to be too well, well too early for Danny Welbeck uh, with suffering the broken ankle. Mm-hmm. Uh, just had his second operation, speed recovery, bro. Um, everything went well without a hitch. Uh, but I think this international break comes at a great time. Let everybody get away, decompress, play with their national teams, come back, get together. So we've got the North London Derby. Mm-hmm. And then we've got uh, United right after that, don't you? Uh, two days, three days after that. Yeah, that's, um, that's a tough back to back. Yeah, for sure. I mean, we've got the the one, the one game in between, but that's it. I mean, you're coming back to to that. You need to be ready for it. Well, in the game, the game you come back to is not a walk in the park. You head nope. to the Vitality and play yep. the Cherries, and that is not an easy place to play. And no. you guys have you guys have lost big leads in a point there before. Yeah, three. we were up 3-0, and they came back and tied 3-3. And it was like um, with 15 minutes left, right? They yeah. put all three on right at yes, the end. that happened. I, it, again, that's what you expect from the Cherries at home. That's, that's yeah, the no, absolutely. Um, we'll get more into it in predictions, and I'll give a, a – uh, actually, it's a perfect chance to plug next week's show or okay. next international break. Um, this is a, another back to school. Um, there's no other international break closer to the midway point than this one, so we're going to be giving everybody their progress reports. Exactly. Um, hopefully, they don't get grounded, and uh, maybe you know their their parents or owners will buy them something pretty in the uh, in the transfer window in January. Well, I mean, all their all their <laughs> owners are going to have to sign their progress report and send. They're going to have to come and back and come hand back deliver and them hand, to us. That's right. Um, which everyone which, except Mike Ashley because he'll be busy throwing up in a fireplace in a pub somewhere. <laughs> so um, that also leads me to um, as far as uh, connecting with us guys. If you have any questions at all, we want a ton of questions. In fact. For uh, individual people, you can send us as many questions as you like. But here's the caveat. You can only send one about each team. So you can Ask send about us your 20, rivals. You can you yep. can send us twenty questions, but they gotta be about each one of the teams. They can't be twenty questions about just your club. So right. everybody send tons of questions. We'd love to answer them. Perfect. So now why do football fans scream that there's drama and an excitement in a nil-nil draw? Uh, games like this? Because of games like this. You want to talk about a very encouraged uh, toffee over here? That would be me. Chelsea nil, Everton nil at the bridge. Um, I, it's, I, I, before we get into the game, I just want to say it was very nice to see for Remembrance Day, which is uh, England's version of uh, Veterans Day. Yep. Um, that the uh, at the bridge, they actually had pensioners. And if you remember our back to school episode, we were talking about how Chelsea is referred to as the pensioners because there's a pensioner's house next to the grounds. Um, a pensioner is essentially a retired veteran. And uh, they had two pensioners in their red coats walk yep. out with the uh, wreaths of poppies and uh, put them down at uh, midfield for the moment of silence and then walk back out and took them away. I thought that was uh, it was very touching and really nice from uh, from everybody at the bridge. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it was also a significant anniversary of the end of World War One. Yeah. Yep. Was it nine? One hundred years. Is that right? Yeah, I believe it's been nine. One hundred years. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's right. Oh, 
Um, a lot of yellow cards in the first half. It was a chippy, chippy game. Wasn't yeah, it, it was. But what a game it was. Uh, both teams had chances, uh, despite only having a combined five shots on target. Um, they were even on corners as well. Now, I normally take the lead on the color, right. but since you've got you know evening wood here because of this game, <laughs> I'm going to ask you some questions. Okay, go ahead. Uh, for a change, should Jorginho have seen red? Because I thought that that challenge was as cynical and as dangerous as Mark Noble's, and he probably should have walked immediately. Uh, considering the number of um, the the number of hard fouls we saw this weekend, and only one of them saw red, which was in the Brighton match, um, I thought there were a couple of different situations where the rest of the the rest of the weekend I was going, well, somebody already gave a red card for less than that because yep. Brighton's was deservingly a red, but it wasn't that bad. Yeah, he was out of control. We'll yeah, talk but, about that later. But, right, right. But but like Jorginho's was worse. Yeah. Um, it was and honestly, from a little bit behind. And, and yeah. honestly, if anybody would have saw it, Bernard should have gotten a red card. He had butted uh, Rudiger. He, he totally did. So I, I missed that yeah. incident, and then it also wasn't on the highlights. Trust me, the refs missed it. No. Everybody missed it. It was it was Apparently, the, I'm as good as them. Um, <laughs> uh, The ref was running downfield towards the uh, Everton goal. And it was on the side of the field that the linesman wasn't on. So the the one linesman's all the way down in the far corner near the Everton goal. The other one's up by midfield, but he's not looking across. He's looking down the sideline. So, yeah, they totally missed it. But did, Bernard definitely yeah. gave him – it wasn't like – it was like Richarlson's kind of headbutt where he just I got put a head flick. next to him yeah. and just bumped him a little. And Rudiger also, after fouling him, a foul that should have been called, bent down, kind of started yapping at him a little, and Bernard got up and gave him a little – not nudge and yeah. then of course Rudiger hit the ground grabbing his eye because course, you know what, his eyes had just been do. gouged out and stuff like that um none of the refs saw it no none will of them there saw be it. will there be retrospective action eh, there might be it wouldn't surprise me huh All right. it, 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 but he definitely he definitely got him i mean he by by what the standard of the game is today it's it's a red card but nobody saw it you know it right. now was it as bad as like a Diego Costa? I'm gonna stomp on your nothing's uh, as bad as Diego stomp Costa. On your knees and, <laughs> and and drop the people's elbow on you when <laughs> when nobody's looking. That's right. <laughs> no, it wasn't that bad, but but it was it was bad enough. I but but also that that being said, the the first half was physical as hell. Um, the ref had a piss piss poor game. He really he he would let things go and then he would call something uh knickknacky and then he'd call a hard foul and he'd give a yellow, but then if that person kept fouling throughout the rest of the game, he there was definitely no going to be any follow up action. It's like I already gave you the yellow, so I'm not gonna throw you out. So right. kinda let it go. And honestly he what tried to not be involved. Yeah. Problem is it screamed out for somebody to take control. And and he made himself involved on knickknacky calls. So when they start fouling hard right. and they realize that they're not going to get called for it, everybody starts fouling hard. Yeah, it's until no they need start to seeing cards on you it. when I can punch you in the face. R- right. Yeah. And and the one thing that I'll give Everton credit for in that first half, Everton controlled tempo, Ever- Everton controlled the game and they reduced a undefeated top top of the table team into being thugs. Yep, that's very encouraging. At at, at their, their stadium. Yeah, at their like, patch. Like, Everton walked in and said, we are not effing around. We are here to play. And they played a hell of a match, particularly the first half. 
Uh, All right, so I have uh, two more questions. Sure. What in the hell was Bernard doing when he was trying to shoot on goal? I really don't know. He got it all I think all that hair on kicked in. He got all jumbled up, <laughs> swung at it with one foot, tried to pull back his knee, but then somehow put his knee over top of the ball. It hit down, bounced against through. his other knee, and yeah, then it, it was, went out of bounds. Oh, my God. I cannot figure out how that's even possible. He cannot do that again a million times over, uh, if he tried. Within a million times, he cannot do that again Yeah, yeah. if he tried. That well, was and, ridiculous. And that was one of very few chances into the second half because yeah. Chelsea did exactly what they did every single match when they come out slow in the first half. Yep. They were awake in the second half. Oh, yeah. And they he, were he very awake in the second half. Really should have done much better. Uh, the, the other question I have is uh, Jordan Pickford made two fantastic saves. That kid's freaking awesome. Stone um, cold killer. killer. That's right. Uh, they uh, Chelsea did hit the post once and the bar once. Um, the only shot that you all managed on target was an effort from distance from Gilfie. Yep. Do you consider yourself lucky to not be drinking Malort this week, or does it really matter? Uh, it doesn't really matter. I, it's, um, you know what Everton did? They they held the course. When, when Chelsea came out swinging in the second half, Everton went to a more defensive set. Yes, Jordan was standing on his head and made, a, I think, ended up making like five, six saves total in that match yep. and really did well. But you know what? There, what was the I mean, one he... he, he Dove, got it away, and then got up laughing? Yeah. Yeah. It was brilliant. (laughs) Get the rave on, son. Exactly. (laughs) He was getting the rave on. And, well, and Michael Keane had a fantastic game in the middle. Uh, Yuri Mina for his first full start with uh, the squad. Besides making out with Alvaro Morata there. Yeah. (laughs) That was kind of funny. After they got all tangled up, he picked him up by his head and then sat forehead to forehead together for a few minutes. De- I don't, what was that about? Defense. Oh, well, it's, it's you know what? It's, well, I know he's yelling at him for diving or well, you know, what he perceived as a dive. It's but. the Italian player being very Italian because that's Who? the, the – Morata. Is Spanish? Oh, I thought he was uh, Italian Spanish. for some reason. Didn't he? Oh, he came from the Italian league. He came from Real Madrid. He did really. Okay. Yeah, I'm and he came. He, he came through La Fabrica. He came through Real Madrid. Okay, I could have sworn he was playing for Juventus last season. For uh, some do you reason. have a Twilight Zone sound effect? Can we okay. play that? Okay. Well, tells you how often I pay attention to Real Madrid and Barca. <laughs> Newsflash, new everybody! I actually disdain La Liga, and I I can't I stand it either. But I actively root for them for those teams to lose, and I pay very. Very, very little attention to him. Oh, uh, I, I, I got to tell you, Sammy. I was overall, like I said, I, I'm, I'm very encouraged by that performance. As I said last week, when they got the three to one win, this is starting to look like what Everton Football Club is. They're the team that is frustrates. They're going to frustrate. Mm-hmm. They're they're good quality. They're going to be nipping at your heels and. And for their team, right, by the end of December, they will have played at every big team's grounds with the exception of Spurs. They will have played at Arsenal, at United, at City, at Chelsea. Going to Goodison's tough. And then all of those guys are going to have to come to Goodison. I'm not saying we're a Champions League team, but I can tell you this much. I feel very safe in knowing that this is a sixth or seventh place team that is on the up that all of those teams need to start being worried about again, which yeah. is, for me as an Everton fan, I'm very, very encouraged by that, considering that the last couple, two, three years have been 
really poor from Everton. Yeah, for sure. And and everybody always talks about in the media everything about the top six, right? Yeah. City, United, Arsenal, Liverpool, Chelsea, and the Spuds. Really, it's the top eight because you would include Everton and Leicester in that. Yeah, and Leicester then it's, won a title. And then it's everyone else. Yeah. So when you – like mid-table, you could argue is – what, 7th or so through 14th. But if you take it's the top eight and then it's everyone else. Yeah. I mean, any Everton will not get relegated. Leicester will not get relegated uh, anytime soon. Uh, after anyone the, else can. And everyone else can. I mean, Bournemouth came close last season. All of yeah. a sudden, they're flying high in, in uh, fifth right now or whatever it is. Right. Um, for the time being. I mean, they'll fall off uh, at some point. Watford started off well. You know, Watford, was very Everton in the in the table was right now. very worried of getting relegated last season. I mean, Everton's um, not, Everton's ninth right now, but they're also one win away from being fifth. No, right, exactly. That's what I'm saying. So you could take those top eight that I mentioned, the top six plus Leicester and Everton, and basically they're safe always. Yeah, everybody else is at risk of getting relegated. There is no proper mid table anymore. In this week's edition of, oh, so that happened. Cardiff City 2, Brighton 1, Huddersfield 1, West Ham 1, Leicester 0, Burnley 0, Newcastle 2, Bournemouth 1, Southampton 1, Watford 1, Tottenham 1, Palace 0. Uh, you know what? That doesn't feel normal at all, honestly. And we were just kind of talking about the the no mid-table, but... The minute it seems like there's a clear top and a clear bottom, all the teams on the bottom start getting points. And all most of these teams in their draw were holding the lead most of the game. This was a rather surprising week. I mean, reflective in our uh, predictions, because we both did horrific in our predictions. Oh, it was bad. <laughs> it was very bad. But my, what my point... <laughs> excuse me. What my point is, I think, is... Not I think, I know. My, you know... My point is, is that 12th place Brighton, sitting on 14 points, is only separated by 9 points to 20th Fulham. Right. So you have a hiccup, two games, all of a sudden you're in touching distance at the bottom of the table. You know. Now, granted, that being said, that also needs to coincide with Fulham getting their shit together, which they won't. But, you know, th- there's not a lot of points here, you know, up for grabs. And these teams playing each other, look at Cardiff all of a sudden are starting to pick up some points okay. against teams right around them. Newcastle and, in 14th place now just because they got two wins in a row. Yep. Two, three weeks ago we were talking about, oh, my God, are they ever going to get a win? Yeah, and the, the only reason is goal difference that they're still in the relegation zone. Yeah. So, you know, that those sorts of things are going to come up later in the season, and, and these are vital, vital points. Loved Neil Warnock's face. <laughs> when they got the second goal, <laughs> the little getting like <laughs> kid on Christmas with the hands in front of his face, that was brilliant. That was that was a quite a gutsy win there from Cardiff, was it? It was also um, offside. Yeah. Oh yeah, he was definitely offside before. But he... yeah, center back attempting a bicycle off the post, and then right, it came off the post, and then Patterson, who the English version of GI Joe with that mustache, <laughs> yeah, put one that got saved onto the crossbar. And then Sol Bamba again uh, with the final touch. Um, first one to react and fires it into the roof of the net. Good composure uh, until it was time to take that shirt off and celebrate. And his big ass couldn't get it off. Yeah, just <laughs> And cut. not big ass. I mean, dude's cut. Dude's built. Yeah. 
right. all stuck in his arms, looking like one of those wavy. Uh, yeah. He ran <laughs> seven yards machines. before he was able to get his shirt off, and then he chucked <laughs> it into the crowd. It's fantastic. Um, so uh, we we briefly mentioned it um, from from talking about Everton, but uh, the uh, red card on Stevens, wasn't it? Yeah, Dale Stevens. Yeah. Um, it in in today's game, that's that's a red. But I oh, also, it's not even a foul. Thirty years ago, well, yeah, of course. <laughs> but I, but I also, but I look at the rest of the week, and I saw tackles that honestly were worse that got yellow or just called fouls. So it's, I think the the refs need to kind of reach a decision here where what what the intent is or 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 what they're just. I guess what I'm getting at is there has to just be consistency, because if he if his is a red card, then Jorginho's is a red card, and there was um a couple others. I, I forgive me for not remembering the matches, but there were a couple others where guys came in, spikes up, hit higher up the leg. Yeah, they definitely than, than Stevens did, mm-hmm. and Stevens saw a red, and in. In real time, it looked a lot worse than it did when you slowed it down. When you slowed it down, it was he, he kind of pulled off of it a little bit and just grazed his leg. Yeah, it but really. Yeah. The, the the other piece of that though, and I, I hate that we do this in our politics today. I hate mm-hmm. that we do this in you know trying to compare you know women or men for women's sake and that kind of stuff. Just because there was worse stuff does not mean that this one was not bad. Right. He deserved to walk. Yeah, the others did. also deserve to walk. That is the human element of this game that we love, though, is a different referee takes a different view of it, and there's different adverse reactions and situations that you're put in as a result of the referee you have. Look at any game in the league, right, and then compare it to a game that Mike Dean referees. <laughs> Fantastic. Yep. <laughs> and you'll see the situations, you know, that, that people get put in and um, the way players react to them. And you can see who has – what officials have the respect and what officials know how to take charge of a game and all those sorts of things. It's, you know, um, at the at the front of that was at Southampton. Right. You know. Um, I'll get to that in one second. I was just going to say Brighton and then we'll we'll go into, uh, into the Southampton game was um, – Really, Cardiff had nothing the entire second half playing up a man until that very that that quick flurry at the end. Brighton a little hard done. I thought they played well enough to get that draw. Well, they did, and and while they were down to ten men, they did strike the crossbar. Yeah, um, so they very well could have been a draw. Uh, but good on Cardiff. They they deserve the win. They've been playing well the last few weeks, um, and uh, I think they deserve more points than they've gotten over the last you know two three weeks. So uh, we'll, we'll jump ahead in games then. So since you mentioned Southampton, uh, Southampton has a goal disallowed because that, that they say that the player was obstructing the keeper while in an offside position. Did you happen to hear Charlie Austin yeah. after the yeah. get his post interview? It's brilliant. <laughs> I mean, scream, he's screaming and losing it. It's like I even think his voice cracked a little. Like oh, he yeah. was just so It was a joke. Up. It was a joke. So worked yeah. up. Yeah, it was it was bad, but but then couldn't one also say, well, then Charlie, what about the penalty that wasn't called in your box? Well, right, those? exactly, and there's there's the point. I do have that written here as well. They they should have uh, Watford, that is, should have been awarded a penalty after Ryan Bertrand took out um took out their striker. Yeah, I think it was uh, Andre Gray. Um, but yeah, he came in and from behind. 
Now, he would have gotten a yellow because it would have been a double jeopardy thing. They wouldn't have sent him off. But, yeah, they should have had a penalty as well, uh, uh, Watford. Hmm. Now, um, real quick on uh, Huddersfield and West Ham. That was a very interesting match because Huddersfield led, and they led a bulk of the game. It was uh, a it little... did get a little lucky, though. Yeah. Uh, from time to time as well. Um, Pritchard's goal really should have never went in, to be honest with you. Right. I'm, I think Fabianski saw it very, very late uh, as it did come through the defender's legs. Mm-hmm. But it was a daisy cutter, slow rolling. I don't, I'm not sure what uh, what he was looking at, but he dove about two seconds too late, and it just trickled into the back of the net. Um, and then after that, I mean, Philip Billing. Do you see that miss hit cross mm-hmm. that hit the post? Yep. Just barely missed Fabianski, came back and grazed the other post. Yeah. I so, know. yeah, Huddersfield could have been 2-0 up, you know, 3-0 up. If they, uh, I think there was another chance that Fabianski saved well. Um, but it, it definitely could have been a different story. And West Ham weren't without their chances. Um, Huddersfield was just equal to the task yeah, I, for, for just, most of the game. I, I was I was a little surprised that uh, West Ham wasn't more impressive, even though they were at Huddersfield. I just, you know, I was, I was a little – I was – just to say, I mean, obviously my pick was for West Ham to win easily, but really we they, both did. they they should have. They they really should have won easily that match. It was kind of disappointing. Let's uh, go into um, Leicester and Burnley. Uh, really only a couple of points to make here. The first one was is Leicester had a lot of opportunities early in the first half and they just flat out didn't take advantage of them. Yeah, for sure. And then my second thing is... um. Why is Joe Hart still the number one for Burnley? I don't know. I can't. Maybe the the other two lack match fitness, but Nick Poper or uh, is it Tom Heaton? Tom Heaton should uh, one of them two should be starting. They were the two backups on the World Cup team behind Jordan Pickford. Yeah. Joe Hart didn't get selected to the team. Yeah. And basically. he's starting in front of both of them. And sure, he pitched the shutout this week. But before that, he had given up four, five, and four, respectively. And I don't care if one of those was against City or not. He, he just <laughs> – for F's sake. Like, what, what, I, he should – honestly, he should not be starting. And and if there's – because there's already some rumors of Pope looking to be uh, looking to be sold in, uh, in the January transfer. Yeah, absolutely. Which, which, I mean, I can't imagine why any of the bottom teams would not want to pick up, you know – Absolutely. A, a – international goalkeeper, you know, a national team keeper to play yeah. for them. Even if he is the, you know, second or third string on the national team, he's still damn good enough. And you know what? Apparently better than Hart because he made the national team and Hart didn't. For I sure. Just, I'm just kind of baffled by that. As as a goalkeeper, I'm just, I'm baffled by it. I, it doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah, no, I understand you. Um, the other thing about this match, I did want to uh, give a shout out to Kevin Long. Um, this is why you never give up on a play. Joe Hart was well beaten, mm-hmm. well beaten, and Burn. Or, I'm sorry, Lester should have been one 0 up, uh, very easily. But he held his position well on the line, um, got back to where he needed to be, and cleared the ball out brilliantly. Uh, that's why you just you never give up on a play, kids. Right, hustle. Yeah, see, see the play out. You play through the whistle, and you always hustle out a play, Absolutely. no matter what. Um, and Gazal was unlucky t- uh, to strike the bar as well. For it was a bullet header that was. Um, from a corner, uh, and then Damari Gray had a chance that Joe Hart actually did save save mm-hmm. very well. Um, you do feel bad for Lester. It was their first home game since the tragedy of losing the five people in the helicopter crash uh, a fortnight ago, um, and you got the sense that they were running on raw emotion uh, as they 
they'd really given everything to to push forward and and try and score and, and Burnley really didn't have any anything going forward anything of note at least um they just they just couldn't find the breakthrough you almost got the sense they were trying too hard yeah uh, as we discussed before uh possibly being their downfall in the last match didn't prove to be um this one I think it was so um also be sure to go check out our Facebook page I recorded the entire uh two minutes a moment of silence for uh for Lester um hey guys that's how you do it that's that's exactly how you do it no hooting no hollering no no I drank a fifth of Jim Beam woo you know like America like they would just <laughs> Fuck yeah yeah um Last one, uh, Tottenham one, Palace zero. Pretty easily to uh, wrap up. Um, no Zaha, no goals. For, well, I for wrote Palace. no Zaha, no points. Yes, and <laughs> and I, I love you. Thank you. I know you do. And <laughs> Tottenham looks haggard, man. They just look haggard. They do. They and, look. They look quite haggard. Um, it was an ugly ass game. Just simple, first and foremost. Um, and really, Crystal Palace should have equalized. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm I'm not I don't know how the O with the line through it sounds, so I'm gonna just say it in Latin letters. But Alexander Sorloth, Sorloth, maybe yeah. Um, really should have had a cooler head in that situation. Uh, towards the end of the game, mm-hmm. when I think it was Jeffrey Schlupp, uh, took a shot, and it deflected off a Tottenham defender, got a block in, fell right to Sorloth, and um, he took a touch. And then literally just tried to Hulk smash. Yeah. And hit it directly at Hugo Lloris. Um, and he, you know, kind of crash test, crash test dummied the ball away from net. Right. Um, he didn't know much about it. No. But all, all, all he did was get big and swing his arms. Yeah. All, all Sorlot had to do was just, you know, have a look up. And he had probably 20 of the 24 feet to shoot to at the far post and just didn't pick it out. Their Spurs next match is against Chelsea. Against a Chelsea team that's going to be pissed off that they didn't get points at We're home. We're going to talk about it in predictions. That's why it's the prediction section. Chelsea's in trouble. They are. I mean, not Chelsea. No, Tottenham. Spurs. Spurs yeah, are in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> we finish with what should have been an easy day at the park for Anfield. Uh, at, at Anfield, not for Anfield. Man, I'm all over the place. Liverpool 2, Fulham 0. Still was a relatively easy walk in the park. Uh, to be honest, now they should Not have been the one first n- half. They should have been one nil down. Yeah. Um. With uh, who was it? Mitro. Mitro was not offside. He was not offside. And Kyle Martino, uh, during the halftime on NBC Gold, did his best Lexi Lawless of slobbing the knob, and because it's because it's a you know a pretty team, and going no 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 he was off by by just a hair just the. Yeah. No, no, he was onside. You know how you fix this? VAR. Yeah. I think the short corner that Arsenal took right leading up to Mkhitaryan's goal, I think that player may have been offsides. They never really didn't show a replay of the line where we could see it. Um, you have, uh, what's his, uh, Charlie Austin. Yeah. It's a joke. It's a joke. <laughs> you got his goal that should have been allowed. <laughs> right. You have his goal that should have been allowed. You have this one that should have been allowed. Yeah. Uh, the 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 quick free kick right after that the ball was rolling when Allison kicked it. Yep, it was moving. It VAR been... could fix all this, right? But also VAR's then going to slow it down a little too. That's fine. Got to be ready for that. I know that's fine. Uh, other leagues are doing it very well, and it seemed to work at the World Cup 
Why is it too good for England? Uh, it kind of worked at the World Cup. I, I still have a great – I have a really big issue with that second goal in the World Cup final. Because the, ref, the ref's choices was handball or goal kick. And right. it clearly hit the guy. Well, that should have been a corner right. kick. I understand that. But they need to – that's a purview of the rules where they need to allow the referee more purview. Yeah, but that changed the out, that changed the outcome of the game. I understand that. So I know I, I so understand they, what you're saying. It needs it needs to be tightened up, but I'm not against the idea of VAR either. Now, short that ball was rolling. However, uh, he thought he put Fulham one nil up. Metro, um, the ref incorrectly blew for offsides. Fulham switched off to complain to the referee, and I counted it six touches, four of which were by Salah. Yeah, ten total seconds, and 114 yards later. Liverpool's 1-0 up. And there were three Fulham defenders back there. Three. Sleeping again. Three. That Sleeping again. Unreal. Unreal. I mean, you, you hear, okay, you know what? Should have been should have been onside, should have been a goal. But you can't You fault, can't switch off like that. But and, and you can't fault Liverpool for turning around and taking advantage of it. They did. They scored 1-0 at the end yep. of the first half. And it, it also, it could have been more. Sergio Rico had a couple of great saves. Um Sessignon should have done better with his chance as well uh, earlier before Mitro's. Um, but Fulham de- uh, Fulham's defense really let him down again. Uh, the Sergio Rico, that is. Mm-hmm. Um, and Shakiri had a great side foot volley. Um, with two weeks off, it's a perfect time to search for a manager. Yeah, but they didn't lose badly. Like, if they had gotten whooped, it would have been Look a lot the, easier to fire him. What's their total, and where do they sit? Yeah, yeah, it, it, it's true, but, I mean, I, I, I... I wouldn't trust him to sort it out at this point. Yeah. Now, um, the, the, the one thing that I was a little unimpressed with with Liverpool... Now, of course, again, credit where credit's due. Their defense has been stout. They haven't been allowing goals. They've looked good. When Shakiri scored that second goal, Fulham shut off. Fulham completely shut off. Oh, their entire body language changed. And and I'm a little disappointed in what the type of team Liverpool is going to need to be because this is going to come down to goal differential. If that team shuts it off, you need to put another 2-3 in on them because you know who is? City. City is. City is, and they aren't. Wouldn't Mourinho say afterwards? Uh, we had three away games before this, and City had th- two training games or something. Yeah, like. <laughs> he said they had two training games. Two friendlies, I think he said. Yeah, <laughs> that's pretty good. Yeah, um, we did skip one in the uh, in the last section. Oh, so that happened where um, Newcastle got its second win in a row against the uh, mint chocolate chip cherries. <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty good. I wasn't ready for that. Those those were some <laughs> woo man. Um, them were some green jerseys. <laughs> yeah, uh, the the same ones we uh, drew Crystal Palace with. I think. Yeah, <laughs> they might have borrowed them from us on the way up. Well, yours were a little more teal. Those were just straight up mint. <laughs> I'm like, for a team called the Cherries, why are you wearing mint? Right, it makes no sense to me. Um, Newcastle obviously winning their second on the spin uh, behind a Salomon Rondon brace, who's a player that needed goals, needed confidence. Good for him. The first one actually wasn't a good strike, but like it is with any striker, we talked about it last week, you need to get the ball in the back of the net any with your knee, with your hip, cheating with your hand. With your dick. However you it have don't to matter. do it. Put it in the net. However you have to do it, you do it. Um, and once you see that bulge, the net that is, um, <laughs> I just thought of that just now. Ooh, on the fly. <laughs> Look at you winning somebody. I know, I'm trying. 
Um, hey, <laughs> when you um, when you do that, you obviously grow in confidence. And the run and the header for the second goal, absolutely brilliant. Now Dubravka did an excellent job keeping uh, Newcastle in the game, and really they should have had uh, Newcastle should have had a penalty uh, with Colin Wilson defending. Hand was well away from his body, um, and Bournemouth did gain an advantage from the ball hitting his hand. Should have been a penalty for me. Um, and then Lerma had an excellent header for Bournemouth uh, off of a Ryan Fraser corner uh, that looped into the back of the net. It was a, a great little looping header. Uh, that. So, quick uh, side note, uh, congratulations. Oh, and this one, I'm sorry, this one, Bournemouth did have a goal disallowed correctly for offsides. Right. <laughs> um, so, a uh, c- little quick side note, uh, congratulations to uh, Colin Wilson. Got a uh, call to the men's national team for this next international break. Hey, you deserved know? too. He's very, been playing well. Very deserved. So. He's been playing very well this season. So, congratulations to the cherry. Now it's time to tell you what little we know. It is prediction time. Hopefully we know more than last week. Oh, last week was tough. Good Pit-tiful. lord. Last week was really tough. In fact, I was O for the first five, Sam. O for I, the first five. I was a little giddy being one in four. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you were like, you're like, I'm going to get ahead of them. But nope, it would happen that uh, I picked the draw on Everton and you picked the win for Chelsea, which evened us back up. We both went four and six. So if you betted our tried true systems, you lost money this week. <laughs> but if you stayed with us throughout the uh, throughout the season, you would be at 56 and 44 if you bet with Sam Graham. And you'd be at 58 and 42 if you bet with Sam Houston, which makes me two games better than you. But you know what we don't care? Nobody cares about that. Sam, you know what everybody cares about? Tegan's how, prediction. How did we fare against a nine-year-old? That's that right. is what they care yeah. about. So um, Tegan, uh, uh, Tegan picked the following game. She uh, picked Chelsea to beat Everton 2-1. to one. Everton is poop. Thanks, Tegan. She picked Arsenal to win. And she picked a draw in the Manchester Derby. Unfortunately, your daughter went 0-3. Not a good first effort, but I've, I've got faith in the girl. I think I think she'll be all right in the future. No, yeah, I think she'll be fine, too. It was a little spur of the moment. Uh, another, uh, you know, shameless plug uh, for our Facebook Live we did last Saturday. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you watched it, you'd have seen the cute little kid picking games. Uh, and regardless of the results, she looked good doing it. Yep. And, um... Mr. Graham, in those three games, you had Chelsea, Arsenal, and City all to win. You got uh, two of them wrong with Chelsea and Arsenal, but you did get City right, so you went one and two. And you went And then myself, I picked a draw, which uh, happened. I picked Arsenal. My lone mistake was, you know, supporting Arsenal fans like you. And then I picked City, and I went two and one. So I picked games better than a nine-year-old. I've got that going for me. I did too. Zero and three is not the same as one and two. Yeah, and I <laughs> and I picked games better than you too. Let's kids, everybody listening, don't pay attention to how we did for the whole week. Only pay attention to those three <laughs> games, and I did well, and they did not. Um, We're so, even. So um, now we got we got the international break. So two Fridays from now, kids, go deep because there's no Saturday early game. Yeah, not too deep. Uh, that you have a three-day hangover because you will have multiple games happening in multiple days. Next week, we're going to have to do a longer preview, or, uh, yeah, prediction preview section than we will recap section because we're going to have to predict three rounds of games yeah, uh, pretty much. when we come home. So, yep. so um, the- like When we come home, like I'm going on international duty. 
So I hope everybody has NBC Gold, be gold because we've got six games in the middle of the uh, in the midday. We've got Everton to host Cardiff. I think uh, Everton dispatch Cardiff easily 2-0. I've got 3-1. Cardiff's been playing very well. You all have a problem with set pieces. They have big people like Sol Bamba. Okay, so you've got Everton winning 3-1, to one, correct? Yeah. Okay, very good. You're 2-0, um, you said? Yeah, I'm 2-0. So, uh... Brighton, uh, head to the Foxes. Uh, neither team in great form right now. I see the 1-1 draw. I got 1-1 as well. Very good. Um, in the battle of holy crap, we need a win. Southampton travels to Craven Cottage to face Fulham. Give me the home side 2-1, even though they kick me in the nuts every single time I pick them. All jokes aside, Charlie Austin. I've got 2-1 to Southampton. Ah, very good. Uh, Crystal Palace head to Old Trafford to face Man U. With or without Saha, they lose 2-0. I got 1-0 to United. Same thing. So, um, Watford will not see great success, even though he might be on the pitch, as Liverpool will beat them easily 3-0. I got 2-0. And Manchester City on the road. <laughs> Manchester City. <laughs> yeah, that was, that was For all of you uh, Midwest listeners. <laughs> Manchester City on the road uh, to face West Ham. Uh, no tiny bubbles on Saturday um, as they will be, quote unquote, hammered 5-0 by City. I've got 4-1 to City, and I'm going to leave that one alone. It's pre- I'm not going to leave it alone. I'm going to say it right now. It's pretty bubbles, not tiny bubbles. Okay. Um, but I got on you for geography earlier, so I was going to let it slide. And then I <laughs> said, screw that. <laughs> okay. Well, thank you. And um, finally, the afternoon game has a London derby as Tottenham hosts Chelsea. Uh, the Blues will be fired up after the draw against my beloved Toffees. And I see 2-1 to one to Chelsea. I think Spurs get a Chelsea smile in this one. Really? They- 3-0. Swack them with the credit card, huh? Three nil to Chelsea. Three nil. Mm. So Sunday mornings got a uh, got an early game that's worth getting up for. The Gunners head to Bournemouth, and the Gunners should win because they're the better team. But it's the Cherries, and it's at the Vitality. I'm taking a two to two draw. I've got two one Arsenal. Got it. Um, why Wolves hosting Huddersfield isn't on the Saturday mid-day games and gets its own primetime slot is beyond me, but Wolverhampton will win 3-1 to one anyways. I've got two nil Wolves. And then um, we do have Monday Night Football again, folks. And while it's not the best quality of clubs, uh, but it's really evenly matched clubs, and it sees... And it's important. They're also right around each other. Exactly. So it sees Newcastle heading to Turf Moor to face Burnley. And I'm going to go ahead and give Jordy's three on a bump. Two to one. This is the two to one Newcastle. This is the kind of game Rafa knows how to get a result in. And I, and I think they'll definitely get the win. I've got one nil to uh, the Magpies as well. That's Newcastle. In the latest edition of We're Too Old for This Shit, uh, we prove it yet again. Um, we had a hamstring injury, uh, but we did use a little bit of old school craft and wit um, and determination. And we ended up pulling out a 3-3 draw. Yours truly had the uh, game-tying assist with a perfectly weighted through ball uh, to our boy Josh, uh, who slotted at home uh, uh, on the inside of the right post. Yeah, right off the post. Um, and hopefully Scotty's doing better this week and his... Um, his hamstring heals up well. 
And I believe all three of ours were uh, unanswered. I think we did our uh, regular bid of spotting team of uh, teams three nothing leads again. And uh, it was that, or it was it was either three nil, or it was two one, then three one, and we made it three two, and then three three. Yeah, I, either way, we spotted them a goal. That one was my fault. I didn't think that big dude could move like that, and he cut back on me, and that he just toe blowed it in the oh, back of the big, net. Big dude. It was hashtag quick fat. Damn it, he beat me to it. Hashtag <laughs> quick fat. Hashtag quick fat. The uh, yeah, it was. Uh, There's three things you could search on Instagram to find all of our shit. Hashtag quick fat. <laughs> Hashtag EPL, hashtag whiskey. Yeah, pretty much. With or without the E. You you can find it pretty much right yeah. away. <laughs> Quick um, fat especially, because no one uses that but uh, us. No, there's a stand-up comedian who uses it. Oh, really? So, but it's still pretty damn funny. <laughs> but he doesn't use it a lot. So, yeah, Quick Fat, the recent searches would be us with Quick Fat. Uh, yeah, for sure. So uh, thank you very much for joining us, everybody. I know it was a little long, but uh, you know what? The league gave us a lot to talk about this week. Sammy, any parting words? I do have some parting words. Um, okay. So first, we learned today, uh, kids, that uh, not only does he assassinate names, he does not know his geography, uh, my counterpart, uh, but what he does know is whiskey, banter, football, and strippers. Uh, and I want to uh, know if you I saw support single moms. <laughs> I want to know if you saw what our boy Jeff, uh, who was very very kind to send us this gem uh, via our Facebook Messenger. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, he runs a really cool page, the Great Debate Sports Talk uh, on Facebook, um, and he found this article from the Dutch Third Division mm-hmm. uh, in Holland, and I'm I'm gonna butcher the name. That's okay. I butcher names all the time. Um, but Ridgeness Birds, mm-hmm. boys. <laughs> okay, yeah. you got the boys part. That's right. yeah. That one. I, they didn't even put a Z on the end. Heard. <laughs> um, but their supporters group aptly named Hardcore <laughs> Ridgeness paid a stripper by the name of Striptease Foxy. <laughs> To run naked on the pitch in the twelfth minute, carrying their cl- their uh, supporters club flag, mm-hmm. um, to quote unquote distract their opponents. Uh, you can only find this in the Dutch third division, <laughs> named AFC. AFC. <laughs> yeah. Um, then again, because it's the Dutch third division, AFC walloped Ringsburg six to two. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and security didn't exactly rush to stop that woman, as security usually does when it's a naked man. Uh, well, why uh, I would won- you? It's, I wonder why. It is a professional uh, performing her craft. I'll tell you, you why. you should not stop her. It's it's freedom of expression. Our, the, the whole world understands that. I'll, I'll tell you why. Okay. I have a few player reactions. Uh, as Foxy made her way down the length of the field, Rinsberg's player Joel Telema opened his arms toward her in a joking way, as if to welcome her closer to him. Foxy didn't seem to notice this at first, but once she did, she jogged over toward Telema and, as the kids used to say, backed it up on him. (laughs) (laughs) With his bluff called, Telema could only smirk and raise his hands in a I-don't-want-any-part-of-this manner. Um, And he explained after the match, uh, I think she wanted me to hit her backside. But I thought, do not let that happen. Otherwise, I will have a fight at home. <laughs> that sounds very. That that response sounds very Dutch. That sounds yeah. Exactly uh, said the midfielder uh, of 
why do they keep they put the name of the club in we, here as we much under, as possible? We understand. We uh, understand. Rinsberg's boys with a slight twinkle in his eyes. <laughs> Quote She looked good. I say so honestly. <laughs> AFC uh, midfielder Rayleigh Ignacio concurred with Telema on Foxy's attractiveness. Quote This is a quote on uh-huh. Dutch TV. Okay. Shit. What beautiful breasts. <laughs> Oh to finish God, the quote, amazing. to finish the quote, he said, "Unbelievable." <laughs> so, ladies and gentlemen, enjoy your whiskey as much as you want, as however the hell you want. Take your football in and make sure you tip your strippers. Okay, Sam, I'm going to tell you the fatal flaw in their plan. Where was the blow? <laughs> you cannot have strippers without blow. It is like peanut butter and chocolate. Or for likes hipsters douchebags, it's like scarves and skinny jeans. You must have strippers and blow. You can't do blow off of strippers' asses without a stripper. And with and like, blow. But you need, that was your point. You need both. You like one one simply cannot have a stripper without blow. Right. I mean, it's just how it works, do you want Sam. To, do you want to wrap it up? <laughs> yeah, sure. But, I mean, I just, I'm telling you, if they had blow, they might have won the game. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much again for joining us <laughs> for uh, Sam Graham. This is Sam Houston. And I do actually want to take a moment here on Veterans Day to... Uh, Thank men and listeners of the show, like Rob. Way to bring it back honorable. And you cut it off right as I'm saying the people's names. Russ, you'd be happy. I almost dropped a GD there, and I didn't. Listeners of the show, like Rob, Jeff, and Russ, who have all served, and any of our other listeners who have served uh, in our country's military, we are truly, from the bottom of our hearts, from all of us here at the uh, DU Football Show, we thank you. Your service allows two dumbass friends the ability to bust balls, drink whiskey, and talk about another country's professional football league. Until next week, everybody. Good night. Thank you all very much. Please stay tuned for our disclaimer. The Drunk Age United podcast show does not endorse doing blow off strippers' asses, nor do they endorse blow. Strippers' asses, meh, that's fine. Thought I'd end up with Sean, but he was in a match. Wrote some songs about Ricky, now I listen and laugh. Even almost got married, and for Pete I'm so thankful. Wish I could say thank you to Malcolm, cause he was an angel. One taught me love, one taught me patience, and one taught me pain. Nami. <laughs> you know? Nami. Nami. <laughs> Nami, man. Nami. <laughs>